0: All right, welcome back into the Nick Bob podcast. I am taping this. It is Tuesday, May 30th, and I got a solo pod dialed up for you today. We're all Husker football, and we got a juicy topic to get into because we're talking about a quarterback commitment. So let's get into it. Here we go. Uh, Man, after Dylan Raiola and that whole saga came to an end, and Dylan Raiola said no to Nebraska and committed to Georgia, it sure didn't take long. For Nebraska to land on their feet, flipping Bellevue West quarterback commit, uh, Bellevue West quarterback, excuse me, from Missouri to Nebraska. Daniel Kalen at a Belle West is officially committed to Nebraska. The first high school quarterback recruit for Matt Rule at Nebraska. Feels like a big moment, right? And he's an in state kid and he's a quarterback. It checks a lot of the boxes for being a big story. He's a three star recruit, but it sure feels like his stock is rising. He's been invited. To the Elite Eleven quarterback camp, which is a it's a pretty big deal. The Elite Eleven it's a series of quarterback camps. Uh, to, it operates to basically determine the best eleven high school quarterbacks in the country. So I mean, they're obviously not just inviting anybody to the Elite Eleven camp. So that gives you a window into just how talented uh, Kalen is. And I tell you, you watch his highlights; it's impressive. Like, uh, listen, I'm not Mel Kiper, I'm not John Gruden, I'm not. But you don't got to be those guys to see that he's got a big arm. He's got excellent comfort in the pocket. You watch his poise. There's just a he, he's he's comfortable with a muddy pocket, stepping up into the pocket, buying time. He can he appears to be able to make all the throws. Bellevue West offensively has always been an explosive program uh, over the years. So there there's a lot to like about Kalen when you when you you know check his profile out and and watch some highlights and. You know, with with this commitment, there's a lot to. I got a lot of thoughts on this, so let's let's get into it. Uh, with with I have like five or six thoughts on this. So, like I said, it it, it really didn't take long for Nebraska to go from my uh, Raiola to Kalen and get the the Daniel Kalen commit, because obviously Matt Rule and the Nebraska staff they were all in over the course of the last man five months, six months recruiting Dylan Raiola, and it makes sense that. They did. And that's a big part of, you know, like when you're when you're Matt Rule and, or you're a college football coach, you have to make sure you are utilizing your time efficiently and effectively recruiting. You don't want to waste your time on guys. You don't want to necessarily send out all your staff, a couple of your staff members, two different places. And if you don't feel like you got a legitimate shot at getting a guy or if you're not totally sure on them, But Raiola, the number one recruit in the country, yeah, it felt like you got to go all in on this guy. Like it makes sense. It makes sense that they they were all in on trying to get him. Number one player in the country. Dad, all time great at Nebraska. Uncle's the offensive line coach. Like totally get it. But when you go all in, especially on a quarterback, because you usually are only going to take one in a class. When you go all in on a quarterback, and it's public, right? This was public of Nebraska's you know, courting and and wooing of Dylan Raiola, when you go all in on a quarterback, there could be ramifications to that, and you can lose out on other quarterbacks, which for a while it appeared like they maybe did, they being Nebraska, with Daniel K- Kalin seeing that he was already committed to Missouri. You know, when when Nebraska was over in, in the corner of the bar flirting hot and heavy with Raiola, Kalin grabbed Missouri and left the bar, and which is understandable. So that can be a that can be a ramification to go it all in, especially so publicly, on trying to land Dylan Raiola. But it sounds like honesty and transparency ruled the day with this one. No pun intended. So in terms of being able to get Kalen, this is from the Omaha World Herald. I'm just going to read this. This is some uh, uh, some quotes from Kalen's high school coach from from Bellevue West, Coach Huffman. This is just this is from uh, the World Herald. It says, "Let's be clear. Rule, who was introduced as Nebraska's head coach in late November, has been upfront with Kalen from the get-go." Quote. This is from Coach Huffman, Kalen's coach. Quote. And I've appreciated every second of it. Huffman says. He recalls a conversation with Rule in January. Huffman asked the new Husker coach point blank, What's your recruiting plan for Kalen and Rayola? Quote Coach Rule attacks every question. He looked at me in the eye and said, We would be ecstatic and lucky to have Danny Kalen as our quarterback, but we are aggressively pursuing another prospect. He didn't use Rayola's name, and there are a lot of factors involved. But if that does not go well for us, we will be relentless in pursuit of Danny. Upfront, honest quote right there. I read that and I'm like, yes. To me, I look at this entire situation. You know, to be you know going after Raiola, Kalen's sitting there right in your backyard. He he commits to Missouri, but then the second Raiola goes to Georgia, you're, commits to Georgia. Boom, Kalen's in the fold for Nebraska. Commits. Like I'm looking at all that, and I'm like, honesty, transparency allows this for 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 this to happen, especially at the rate and speed of this too. And I like this. I like that quality and rule the honesty and the transparency. He's real, he's authentic, he's going to be honest with you, and I think that is so underrated as a recruiter. And clearly his honesty was was so good and so real and that basically right after Ayola went to Georgia, Kalen was in as a Husker, called Missouri, said, I'm out, called Husker, the Nebraska football program, called Rule and said, I'm in. Why? Because he must have felt comfortable with Matt Rule and the coach and what the coaches were telling him. Cause let's be real, this was a tough one for Matt Rule to navigate, right? He had to see the Rayola thing through. When you when you have a legitimate chance to land the number one player in the country, you gotta go all in. You gotta deploy your whole staff, everybody, every resource, everything possible to try to go get this this guy. Like you gotta go all in. But while he was hot and heavy in that pursuit He also kept it 100% honest and real with Danny Kalen. Which if you don't, you could completely lose them. Like, if Rule would have been totally publicly all hot and heavy all over Raiola, all that stuff, and kind of not been honest and transparent and still still pretty forthright with his feelings toward Kalen, this probably would have gone completely different. But if you're upfront, you're transparent, you're honest with everything in the process, and what you're thinking as a head coach and as a program and as a staff, and you are upfront with the plan, you can still end up in a good place with who you are recruiting, even if they aren't necessarily your "quote unquote" number one guy, right? Like, and clearly that's what happened with Kalen and Nebraska here. Clearly, Kalen, like, even though you're not the the number one target per se, you can deal. Kalen showed this. You can deal with that as long as the program and the coach, they're transparent about how they see you, what the plan is, and this is important, they still make you feel valued and wanted. Communication, honesty, authenticity goes a long ways. And, you know, this story struck me in a way, like reading about this, observing it, it just, it made me think about my recruitment to Kansas when I was in high school and dealing with honesty and transparency. Like, so after, in the summer of of my, it was kind of July, August, right after the summer AAU season before my senior year, so this would have been, you know, July, August of 2003. Roy Williams and Kansas had been recruiting me pretty hard for almost a full year. Roy Williams had come to a practice at Lincoln Southeast to watch me, they came to a high school game. Uh Roy and and Joe Holiday, that one of the assistants that was the the main assistant recruiting me, they came to numerous AAU games during the the summer. In between my junior and senior year. I'd gone on two unofficial visits there. I went to a game and then uh, a campus tour and played pickup with the team. All of that then combined with weekly phone calls, all that had been going on for almost a year. So when the, the AAU summer circuit was wrapping up, I had a meeting with Roy Williams, and I always... Think back to this meeting, and I can appreciate it because Coach Williams, Roy Williams, was 100% honest and transparent and upfront with me and the plan. Their plan, I should say. I, I, re, I remember it. You know, Roy, he said, Nick, we have you ranked sixth on our guard list. Sit, You're, you're sixth on our big board. We have offers out to five players ahead of you. You're sixth. We have offers, scholarship offers out to the five players ahead of you. These five guards. We're going to take three guards in this class. Okay? If those five guys commit and sign somewhere else, then the scholarship will be yours. But if three of those five guys take the scholarship, then... We don't have a scholarship for you. We obviously love you as a player. We've shown you that over the course of the last year. We love you as a person. We think you'd be a great fit for us here at the University of Kansas, but that's where we're at. That was how that meeting went for me me and Roy Williams and Joe Holiday back in the summer of 2003. And I remember, like, while I was disappointed that I didn't get an offer right then and there, I can't begin to tell you how much I appreciated the honesty and the transparency from Coach Williams at that in that moment. Like, everything he was telling me, I'm like, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. And even though they had five guards in the class of 2003 ranked above me, ahead of me, on their big board, and, you know, your competitiveness kind of is like, okay, you know, like, all right, I think I'm better than that guy, but okay. Even though they had five guards ahead of me, I wasn't their number one target per se. That was, I could live with that because I knew they liked me. They had been in constant communication recruiting me this entire time in a genuine and sincere manner. So I remember saying, okay, that makes sense. I appreciate the honesty. And so we left it at that moment. We, we kind of left it like, okay, let's now wait and see what happens with these other players. And we'll see what these other players do. And if, if, the scholarship falls to me. These other guys go elsewhere. They commit elsewhere. They sign elsewhere. And then the I'm going to be uh, I'm going to get a scholarship offer from Kansas, and boom. And Roy was like, "That sound good." I'm like, "Sounds good." By the way, the five guys ahead of me were J.R. Giddens, McDonald's All American, Shannon Brown, McDonald's All American, Jeremy Case, Marcus Dove, and Omar Wilkes. So that was their big board: Giddens, Shannon Brown, Jeremy Case, Marcus Dove, Omar Wilkes, Nick Baugh. So now now I'm just watching. J.R. Giddens commits and signs to Kansas. Okay, that's one scholarship gone. Jeremy Case commits and signs with Kansas. Okay, that's two scholarships gone. Shannon Brown commits to Michigan State. Everybody knows Shannon Brown went on to play for the Lakers, all that stuff. Shannon Brown commits to Michigan State. I'm like, whoa, okay, yes. Marcus Dove commits and signs with Oklahoma State. So now it's down to Omar Wilkes, who... He was choosing between UCLA and Kansas. He lived in LA. His dad is Jamal Wilkes of the Showtime Lakers. Silk Wilkes played at UCLA, played for the Lakers. I thought he was for sure going to go to UCLA. I'm like, holy, okay, this is good. This could happen here. But Omar Wilkes signs with Kansas. Ugh. So I end up being the odd man out. I was the sixth guy on the board. He told me they got offers out to five guys. We're taking three of them. Whatever three take it, they take it, you're the odd man out. But Roy Williams and the staff, they called me. They still wanted me to – they stayed on me. They stayed recruiting me. They wanted me to be a preferred walk-on. They they painted a path for me and my role in the program and, and, and how I could get on the floor and all that stuff, and they wanted me to come, so I did. And so, I, for me, I don't think I would have committed to be a walk-on, a preferred walk-on at Kansas if, A, they weren't – transparent and honest with me, and B, they didn't still recruit me hard and make me feel wanted. The honesty and effort made me still want to go to Kansas and made me feel comfortable about the situation at Kansas. That's how I feel when observing this this Kalen situation for Nebraska. Nebraska. I think that honesty and transparency went a long ways. Sure, did it maybe help, you know... Roy realizing here's this Nick Ball guy. His dream school is Kansas. We we got that in our back pocket. And maybe Matt Rule knows. Okay, here's Danny Kalen. He's from Bellevue. It's it's I guess it's was understood by people that are around him that Danny Kalin, wanted. He was Nebraska was the school he really wanted to be at. So you know that. So it's it's not. This isn't going to necessarily work every time. But there are certain situations where it can work. And ultimately, this is the best practice and the way to go about it with honesty and transparency. I think the honesty and transparency went a long ways with Kalen. Even when you aren't the top target, like I wasn't at Kansas and clearly Kalen wasn't because of Raiola. You can still feel like a team and a coach wants you and respects you based on how they recruit you and what they say to you. That clearly happened here with Kalen. Nebraska was honest and transparent about the Raiola situation, and even during the process of recruiting Raiola and Kalen being committed to Missouri, there still was a communication. There still was the open dialogue. And boom, when all of a sudden situations change and a door opened up, Kalen burst through that door, jumped on board, and said, GBR. So I just got to give a tip of the cap to Matt Rule for how he handled this. Made me think about my recruitment to KU, is really appreciated the honesty and the transparency. I think that's what people, we, we don't give people enough credit. We think we got to tell them what, what they want to hear. And we think people want to get schmoozed. Yeah, everybody loves to get their ass kicked and patted on the back. But what we really want, especially when we're, if we're trying to figure out where we're going to go play college football or basketball, or we're trying to take a job or whatever, what we really want is honesty. Just be real with me. Tell me Tell me what the deal is. So I got to give a tip of the cap for Matt Rule how he handled all this stuff. Honesty, transparency goes a long ways, and that was one of the first things I thought with Kalen and how all this played out. That was the first thought I had. The the first thought I had. The next thought I had was, so listen, it's it's no secret that Nebraska's had some issues recruiting in Omaha for a little while. Right, that's the Omaha recruiting base, and and being able to go into the metro and and get the top talent and get them to come to Nebraska, it's kind of been a thing for for a while, five, ten years ish, maybe even more than that. I mean, outside of Xavier Betts and Nick Henrich, Jalen Bradley, maybe like there hasn't been a ton of dudes in the metro, big time players that have said yes to Nebraska. They've gone to other places, and you know. Omaha clearly has a unique relationship with with Nebraska that is just a little bit different than other cities in across the state. And I can vouch for that. having lived in Omaha, having grown up in Lincoln, like Lincoln and every other western city in the state of in the state is is gonna bleed Husker Red, right? Columbus, Kearney, Norfolk, Grand Island, et cetera. Those places are Nebraska, Nebraska, Nebraska. Omaha isn't quite like that. And there have been quite a few pretty dang good players from Omaha turn down Nebraska and go elsewhere. Harrison Phillips, Noah Fant, right? The, there was just a cat from West Side that committed to go to Notre Dame as a, a linebacker just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, It's Cluster Johnson's kid goes to Iowa. to the to, So the, this has been happening. To the point where there's almost been a mending, needing a mending of a relationship that that has to unfold between Nebraska and the relationship between Omaha at, at Omaha and the Metro schools. I don't we don't need to get into all of that, but the point is Nebraska just hasn't locked down the good players out of Omaha. And while there are a bunch of factors with that, I think a part of it is It's become commonplace for Omaha kids to say no to Nebraska and go play somewhere else. That's become normalized and common. And someone, some player, some big-time recruit has to change that. Someone has to flip that. Nebraska football, the program, needs an Omaha kid to go to Nebraska and be a big-time player. And maybe that person is Daniel Kalin. Maybe it's Danny Kalin. Really good quarterback out of Bell West. He's a good player. His team wins. And if he goes to Nebraska and starts and has a good career, he could be the player that kind of starts to flip the Omaha thing with Nebraska football. Because I've always felt like this was a bigger factor than than people realize. Sure, Nebraska needs to win. Like winning is still the best recruiting tool out there, right? Not social media videos or a, or a, you know a new locker room or this. It's winning is still the the best recruiting tool. But when people in your city, at your high school, in your community, when they go to a school and have success, you see that trail. And want to follow it, or at the very least, it makes sense and it makes it easier to follow that path. I think this has been a thing for Creighton basketball for a while with Omaha to the good, right? Like there's been a path, right? Josh Doetzler goes, so Antoine Young and Josh Jones can go to Creighton. Then then because all those two guys go, then Kyrie Thomas and Justin Patton go. And then Sharif Mitchell goes, and then Jason Green goes. And then, like, it just goes on and on and on and on. Because people in the community, in their city, in their circle of, of, of people they're connected to, they have gone on a path. They've had success. You're like, I'm from North Omaha. I'm from Bellevue West. I'm from wherever. I'm from this neck of the woods, I'm from here, this person grew up playing in the same places I did, he went to Creighton, he balled out, I can do the same thing. That sort of thing needs to happen on the football side for Omaha and Nebraska. Because for a long time, Omaha was a great recruiting resource for Nebraska football. Crouch, Amon Green, Calvin Jones, etc., etc. Damon Benning. That needs to get reestablished. And maybe Kalen can do that. Maybe, maybe he can he can help flip that. Oh, and by the way, Bellevue West has a couple of wide receivers that Nebraska is recruiting and they're talented. Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris, two two good wide receivers, would be a pretty big deal to land them as well. God, I would think if you know in state, you want it you got you got a quarterback you like, you got chemistry with, pretty good. So that was the next thing I was thinking about, just the metro angle of this thing. The other thing, the other thing with landing Kalen, and this thought isn't original, but it's it's it is interesting. I've heard a lot of people talk about this. You you think about the 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 signing of or the the commitment of of Kalen, and then you think about Jeff Sims. And you kind of you you juxtapose those two players. One's a dual threat guy. One is a pro style guy. And so you kind of go, hmm, what does this commitment mean for the direction of the offense under Matt Rule? You got Jeff Sims, who's more of a dual threat runner type. He can pass, but he can really run. He's a really good athlete. And Nebraska is obviously going to incorporate a ton of quarterback run game with him under center. But Danny Kalin is more of a pure pro-style pocket passer. He's certainly not a statue and a bad athlete. He can move, but he's a thrower from the pocket. So you just look at the first two quarterbacks Rule has has either signed or gotten a commitment from, and they're two different quarterbacks to a certain extent. And it makes you wonder, okay, well, what is this offense ultimately going to be? And so when I think about that, there's a couple of things that I think about. Number one, I think Matt rule is one of those coaches who isn't necessarily married to one way. Like in, in listening to him talk and, and, and absorbing what he says through the media about football, about football philosophy. I think he is more of a, Hey, just give me the best player or most talented player possible. And, and, I'll tailor things to them. That's that's the vibe he puts out right now a little bit, which I don't necess- I don't love completely, but it is an important skill to have as a coach. You can't be so rigid. You can't be so stubborn. You can't be so like, listen, this is the this is the prototype. This is the cookie cutter. i If it doesn't fit, I'm gonna square peg round this hole around hole this thing. Like you got to be able to you be a little flexible. But I also think at the same time, it is imperative to have a system, have a philosophy, have a vision, and recruit to it. In an ideal world, right? But I get the spirit of, hey, listen, just give me the talent, I'll make it work. That's that's kind of the first thing. The second thing is, I think Matt Rule signing Jeff Sims, I think Rule signing Sims is, is like... He was in a unique spot rule in that he needed a quarterback to be ready to go potentially right away. And in that sort of a situation, I don't want to say beggars can't be choosers, but you, you take what you can get. It's like a, and this maybe this doesn't totally work, but I was thinking of, a, of an analogy that works here. It's like a layover at an airport. And you only got 30 minutes to catch your next flight, but you got it. You you're hungry. You got to eat because this next flight's a three hour flight and you need to eat something. And so they got you only got 30 minutes to grab some food. And, you know, you kind of you head to your gate and you're like, OK, I'm going to grab some food. and And you're looking for you're going to just you're going to eat and take. What's the best thing I can grab in this moment? Right, like. All right, I'm headed. I'm headed to Gate C14. Okay, all right. They got a McDonald's. They got a Sparrow, They got okay. They got this. Okay, I'm just. I'm just gonna go grab that right there. And Sims was a pretty darn attractive quarterback in the portal. Athletic, talented guy, who's got a pretty good amount of Power Five starting experience. You take that any day of the week. And even if he maybe didn't quite fit what your long-term vision is, you make it work because he's talented. And, you know, to a certain extent – Matt Rule is kind of in that situation in general with the roster for the first year or two of this thing. He's inheriting a roster that he didn't recruit, so these players may not be perfect fits for how he ideally wants to play. But in the meantime, you got to make it work. You 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 take what the roster has and do your best with molding it. I guess what I'm saying is how this offense looks and operates next year may not be exactly how it looks and operates once rule completely has everything established in year three, four and five. same thing with the defense, but we're talking about the offense we're talking about quarterbacks. So it can make sense if you think if you take that thought and a it can make sense how your quarterback out of the portal where you need it now like that layover at O'Hare, I need that burger now it can make sense how your quarterback out of the portal that you need to make an impact right away for a year or two may not be the perfect long-term fit. So I th- I think there's a little bit of that. And so for me, I, lastly, I do think Kalen... I have to assume, okay, so what is this office going to look like? Is it going to be more of like a dual threat, Jeff Sims kind of quarterback being the trigger man, or is it going to be more of like a pro-style Danny Kalen as the trigger man? I do think Kalen. If, if you had to, I, I bet he, he has to be a better indicator of what Rule and, and Marcus Satterfield want from that quarterback spot long-term, right? Like this is a high school recruit. This is a four-year guy fit had to be at the top of the list for ruling the staff with this recruit. Your very first high school quarterback recruit has to fit your vision and system offensively for what you want this thing to look like. That makes sense to me. So that's how I read into it. And people go, "Well, what, you know, what does the signing of Danny Kalen mean?" to what the, the direction of this offense moving forward. i like, I think it's pretty obvious. I think Danny Kalen fits what they want this thing to look like long-term. I think that's what Marcus Satterfield and Matt Rule, what they want right now, at, at least in the moment, is more of a pure pocket pro-style quarterback. I think that's that matters. Or right. I think that that's how I assess that matter in that situation. Okay, last thought on this. Danny, Danny Kalen can now peer recruit and help help cast that vision, which matters, especially being a quarterback, and especially with his Bellevue West teammates. Right now, he was quoted. Uh, Kalen was quoted on twenty four seven saying, "Quote." I've been hitting up most of those guys trying to paint the picture of the vision that Coach Rule and the staff there painted for me. So right now, Danny Kalin is trying to you know work the phones, work Twitter, work Instagram, work DMs, work Snapchat, work whatever it is how people are communicating with some of these other recruits. Because it, right now, Nebraska is under Matt Rule. They're more. They're, they have. They're selling an idea of what they want this program to be. They're selling a vision of what they see for this program, moving forward. Uh, they're selling a plan for what they're going to be putting in place and implementing and executing over the course of the the first, second, third, fourth year of this thing. And you you got to have some faith at this point to jump on board with that because you're kind of jumping on board with. The fact that Matt Rule has not coached a game in Nebraska, so there isn't a product to go off of, right? Like Ryan Day can say here, like you've watched us play. This is how it's going to look. This is it, right? Like that's an easy sell because you see it. It's not. It's not quite like that for Rule right now at Nebraska. And while Rule and the coaches. Have to be experts and selling recruits on that vision and that plan. It really, really, really can help to get a player that can help do that selling for you as well. Again, especially when that player is a quarterback. It's one thing for you know a corner or a safety or a right guard to peer recruit. It's nothing when it's in a it's a quarterback. The inherent leadership kind of epicenter of a a team being the quarterback, like that's where everything kind of like rotates around. When that person is saying, here's the vision, I'm on board with it. Are you? It can really help when that person's, when a player's doing that for you and when that player's a quarterback. So this was this was a really important commitment for Nebraska on a variety of levels that we just kind of went through. So it's, it's it's an exciting time for Matt Rule, and even though it was it was disappointing to not land Dylan Riolà, which could have been put you know potentially a a program changing moment and maybe a program changing player. Maybe Danny Kalen can prove to be incredibly impactful as this thing progresses. Time will tell. I was just impressed with how all this played out and how rule clearly handled all of this behind the scenes and how Kalen clearly knew that Nebraska was the place he wanted to be. And when he got that opportunity, he wasted no time and jumped on board. So there you go. All right. Reminder, subscribe to the podcast mash smash that subscribe button while you're there. Give it a five-star rating and review. Uh, big thanks to some of the best sponsors in the world, man. Runza and Pella, you guys are the best. And, you know, so are you, the listeners. Appreciate you. We'll catch you next time on the Nick Bob Podcast. A Huda Media Production.